Hello, and welcome back to the Physique Development Podcast. Today, it's a little bit different, and we have Coach Maggie on. So Maggie, say hi. Hello. Uh, if you haven't listened to a podcast that she's been on, I will have it linked in the show notes below so you can hear a little bit more about her. Um, and now we're going to be diving into her fitness journey. Her story is a very interesting one. And like we did all of the owner's fitness journey. So I'll have those linked in the show notes as well. It is something that we thought it would be helpful to go through some of the coaches' fitness journeys a little bit more in depth so you can learn from it. Because like we said on our fitness journey episodes, that each of us come from a different background, and it's really cool to see how we ended up all together and to see how we can learn from each other from those backgrounds, from those experiences, and how that also helps us within the client aspect of not all of us had the exact same story. We came from those different spots, and so we can help different people and have different experiences with that. So getting started here, I just want you to talk about kind of how um, you got into lifting and fitness and what that looked like starting off uh, when you first learned about fitness and um, how that story started? Well, when I first learned about fitness, I was pretty young. I had a huge influence from my family. I have five siblings. Uh, my Both of my brothers, my oldest brother was a personal trainer. So I just witnessed him exercising all the time. Like he ran, he lifted, he was a trainer. He even did like some really cheesy local modeling. And then um, my twin brother, um, as we got into high school, I'm not really sure what triggered it for him. Maybe it was our older brother as well. But for whatever reason, my twin brother got so obsessed with fitness and lifting and like muscle magazines, like the Ronnie Coleman type magazines. And he just wanted to be as big as absolutely possible. And my twin brother and I are like best friends. So we would everything, we did everything together. I'd look through the magazines with them. Um, and then I also had a weight training teacher in high school, which I don't know if that's normal. I don't know if that's common. Um, is that, did you have that? Uh, we did weights in high school once you got to, I think we did it honestly as freshmen. So as soon as we got into high school, there was a weight section of that, but it was still our gym teacher that was doing it. And we had two gym teachers, um, but they kind of just would switch because there were bigger groups of kids. But we did have weightlifting. Um, and it's quite funny that you mentioned that because I went to like the gym that my parents go to in town and I ran into him a few years ago and he was like, what have you been up to? Like, you look great because I look completely different than high school. And I was like, you know, I, I actually got into the lifting aspect of it. So I loved that you also had that because while it wasn't as big of a part of my journey, I think it's so important for people to see as part of your journey of what that looked like in high school and how that was so helpful to have someone that didn't just cast the the girls aside and just be like, ah, you guys just go do this. Um, I love that he really was an influence on you. So I'd love to hear more about that. A hundred percent. He, like I said in my notes with you, um, he didn't skimp on the girls. He like had the same expectations. And what was really cool, his name was Mr. Mr. Wiglow. He has passed away, but um, he he took the time to teach you execution. He made us have logbooks. Like prior to Mr. Wiglow, I didn't know what sets or reps were. Um, he used to give me the hardest time because I was a tiny human. I would always tell him I was 5'2", and he was like, Maggie, I don't believe you. <laughs> he was like, there's no way. Um, but he just taught me proper execution, and he made it fun. And I also, I don't know if this was normal or common, I should say, but I was like one of the girls that loved PE. I loved it was just fun. I just think being physically active is super fun. Um, and so having his class, having that influence of my brother's, just gave me like, it just introduced it to me, you know? Um, and then it was also in high school. So I, I will say, I think my family has very good genetics. So when my twin brother um, started lifting, he got very muscular relatively quick. He was also very meticulous about his diet. I don't know where my brother got his diet knowledge. Uh, maybe it was my older brother. I don't know. But he. I remember there would be nights he was like, I didn't get enough protein and I have to eat like so many cans of tuna, like absurd things like that. <laughs> and he would eat insane amounts of pasta because he just read everything there was to read. And I will preface this with, this was before macros. This was before my fitness pal existed. This was well before um, social media. So everything we learned and absorbed was definitely through magazines and books and that sort of thing. 
And my brother is also extremely smart. He'll read on anything. So that's kind of just where I got it. So yeah. And, um, but what was really funny is my, my brother, um, when he started lifting, we didn't have a gym membership. I think we were too young. I think, isn't there, I think there's an age limit on. Yeah. To go to the gym alone. Yeah. Yeah. Without a parent. Mm -hmm. And so what we had, we had like big cement blocks in our backyard. I don't know why. I'm sure it was part of some sort of (laughs) landscaping, but he took these cement blocks and he started making like makeshift workouts using these cement blocks. I remember he tied rope around them as a means to have like a way to grip them. Um, He used our deck to do pull-ups and he just got insanely fit from doing the most basic things, right? And um, from his consistency, my parents were like, okay, I guess we'll invest in some (laughs) exercise equipment. And we had probably the most dated, um, I think it was like an Olympic weightlifting set. It was like a squat rack, bench, you know, cables and whatnot, but it got the job done. And um, I remember in high school, like guys would look at my brother like, dude, what'd you do? How'd you get so big? How'd you get so buff? And, And he was so modest. He was just like, I just lift weights. Like he was so casual about it. Um, but that influenced me so much just from the get-go. Yeah, I love that. And your brother really reminds me his story. And I remember the first time that we sat down and got lunch together, we talked about this. And it was great to hear this about your brother because that's very similar to Alex's story of he just read all those magazines. I don't think I got into fitness and in my journey episode, I didn't really get into it, into it until the end of high school, into college. And the internet was already alive and well at that time. And so it was something where like hearing his story and then hearing your brothers, I'm like, oh, that's how a lot of people started was just finding these magazines and wanting to be like these people. And I think it's a great uh, like learning point to take from it of the people who are really going to take it and realize that this is something that they want to accomplish and just being able to absorb as much information as possible. I'm sure your brother didn't have everything right. And I know Alex definitely didn't, but he was going off of this means to, I want to be better. I'm going to take this information and apply it and then see what works and then apply something else. And I think that's the beauty of a fitness journey is no one's ever going to get it right a hundred percent and along the way. But if you are really interested in this just start somewhere, just like your brother did. He didn't know what to do. He just started. And I think that's a huge, huge part. So I do want to go back a little bit and talk about your older brother. So do you know as far as why he became a personal trainer or what his influence getting into fitness was? Yes. My older brother was actually a really chubby kid. Um, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I don't know how true this is, but I'm fairly confident. My parents actually sent him to a fat camp. I don't (laughs) know. I don't even know if that is a true story, if they just said it to tease him. Um, but he, my mom and dad own a grocery store. So he would go to the store with my dad, help him out. But at the store, there's no health food. It is like soda, right? They don't sell diet, anything. Mm -hmm. Um, they sell like little Debbie cakes and, and junk food basically. And so he was just around that all the time as a kid. And so he was really chubby. And I think a part of him was just like tired of being the chubby kid. Mm -hmm. I think, And I think eventually he did get into sports. He played baseball and football. And eventually I think he started to realize, oh, if I eat better, I'll play better um, and, and that sort of thing. So I think his childhood definitely impacted his adult life for sure. Yeah. And then for your twin brother, I think that there's a lot to be said as far as the influence and then the support of people around, which we'll get to more as far as that support later in your fitness journey. But having that twin and you referenced it before I even had a chance to say anything of you guys being best friends and how much that influenced your intro into fitness because you just wanted to be doing what he was doing and be best friends with him. So if you can elaborate a little bit more on that, um, I think that's really cool to be able to see kind of the influence of how you grew up because that plays such a huge role in how people develop as human beings and, of course, their interests, likes, and dislikes. So Majid, that's his name, is so supportive, right? Like if he's doing something and we're also just a close knit family, like if I'm doing something, we all need to be doing it together. That's just like who we are. 
Um, and so if he was downstairs lifting or reading something, he wanted me to be there with him. And, um, and I thought what he was doing was cool. So I was like, and he's super smart. I was like, I'm going to do whatever Majid tells me to, you know? And so that was just, I just remember sewing nights sitting in his bedroom, just like reading through magazines. And he would always like, he got really into without sounding weird. Like he really got into how he looked for a hot second. Cause he's like the polar opposite human now, which is why it's yeah. so funny. Um, but he like really wanted to, for me, it was never physique related for my twin brother. It was very much physique related. Like he would have me take pictures of him because he would send them to like men's health because he was hoping he would get like a modeling gig. I love that. Or just something. I don't even, I really don't know what he was hoping for, but they would do various contests. And so he would try to submit, he would try to do whatever he could. And I was just kind of, I was kind of just right there with him. So honestly, initially, even though I was lifting and I was working out, um, at the beginning, it wasn't about me. It was more about just supporting my brother. Cause I was like, I was just his biggest fan, you know? And it wasn't until I, um, graduated high school, went into college, I became more into it, like as an individual, but he definitely laid the groundwork for me. Yeah, I love that you said you were his biggest fan because I think that that could possibly, and I'd love to hear your take on this, really go into why it was very aesthetic driven for him and not for you because you were there cheering him on and then you just fell in love with the aspect and what it brought into your life. So I would like to hear a little bit more about that as a whole because within your story, and you can kind of tie this in as you answer, of getting into college and going to a gym more regularly and what that ended up meaning for you. But would you say that it is correct of the fact that because you were so focused on him, it kind of took the aesthetic side off of you and you were just able to focus on, oh, I really enjoy doing and learning about this stuff? I um, I just never thought of it aesthetically, to be honest. Um, I think that a big part of that is cultural. Like I didn't grow up in a family, in a culture where like the way you looked was really important mm-hmm. um, from a, like from your body. Cause Muslims are very modest. Right. So I was never one to show my body. And I guess that's why I like, I wasn't concerned. I was never one. Like my mom and dad didn't allow me to wear two piece bikini. So I guess it just, it didn't register with me. Um, but for my twin, I think a big part of it is that I don't know why, but guys just want to be big. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how it started for him. But he also was a wrestler and he figured out weight classes. If he he remembered, I remember he wanted to outmuscle the other weight classes. Basically, he would get as muscular as possible, but keep his body fat as lean as possible. So he could be, I want to say, I can't remember the technicalities of wrestling, but like the top of the weight class, somehow he had an mm-hmm. advantage. I can't remember yeah. it. Or he would be right at the top and like make sure that it stayed there so he could wrestle the smaller guys. Yes, I think that's what it was. You nailed it. (laughs) I love Um, it. And it was like it was an intimidating factor for the other wrestlers because they would see my brother and he was very, very muscular for his age. Um, Because I think what it was was his freshman year. So, okay, back up. My brother always had like his eye on the prize. He always wanted to be a doctor. So he was always doing things for the purpose of building up his scholarship potential. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, scholarships in college is like athletes. So I guess I'll just become an athlete. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's why he joined wrestling. It was, I think it was like his first real sport, maybe. Mm-hmm. So he was a freshman. He was a horrible wrestler. He was, <laughs> he was so embarrassingly bad. So I think that also like contributed to his drive of well, I'm not bad at anything. Like Mm -hmm. if you know any of us, right? We're like, we have to be the best of the best. That's the way it is. And um, so he he like, he figured it out. He was like, I'm going to get as muscular as I possibly can. I'm going to learn this wrestling technique. Um, And and he did. He ended up becoming phenomenal like in his later years of wrestling while maintaining a fantastic GPA. He definitely got made fun of and tease like in a loving matter, like from the team, because him and his best friend Ross would um, study, like study up all the way until it was like time for practice to start. And all the other guys would give him the hardest time. They're like, guys, will you please just put your books up, like have a good time, like be social. And they were just, my twin brother was like the valedictorian as well, by the way. 
Are you wanting to hire the last coach you will ever need? Well, look no further. Physique Development is here to help you. We have a huge emphasis on knowledge and communication and making sure you know how to get yourself in the best position so you never have to hire another coach again. If this sounds great to you, then go ahead and fill out the inquiry link in the show notes or the description box, and we would love to get on a call with you. I love that because I think that that also speaks to the mindset of an individual who wants to be elite. Um, it's something that Alex and I talk about often of if you want to be elite, you're going to be doing things that other people aren't willing or won't do. And being in a spot of him knowing from the beginning, I want to be a doctor to get better scholarship. I need to be able to make sure that everything looks good. And he's correct <laughs> within that with colleges. They want people that are well-rounded students and good students. And so for him to hack that system and then hack wrestling, it comes from that mentality of being elite, of knowing, hey, in order for this to get better, I need to get better in this other aspect. And I think that is so beautiful because once you tap into that mindset and you really look at, okay, if I really want to be good at this, I need to reflect on all of these other aspects of my life and see what is going to make that one thing better for me. So I absolutely love that. And I do want to ask within your family, was it something that first you had a dream of what you wanted to be? So with him always wanting to be a doctor, um, and was there not necessarily pressure, but was there that drive within your family as a whole with you saying we wanted to be the best? Um, was that kind of from your parents or just innately? You guys all were just like, we want to be great at something. I definitely think it's an Ali characteristic. I think it's like within us as people. I don't really know why. Maybe it's genetics. Um, I do want to add that my brother did get a full ride to medical school. <laughs> So that's pretty fantastic because he nailed Didn't it. Didn't expect um, anything less. <laughs> um, but as far as as far as us, I guess maybe it was because my parents constantly told us we have to work hard. Um, and I mean, maybe this has something to do with it as well. My mom and dad were first generation um, immigrants. So we were the first kids of the family, of the Ali family to live in America, to go to college. And so we definitely felt that pressure of making sure we didn't waste that opportunity because my parents never let us forget it. They never let us forget that they made this huge sacrifice to come to America because my parents didn't go to college. Like my, my dad didn't even finish the sixth grade. So he, because they were really poor and he had to help support the family. So by growing up in America, they would always tell us we're going to college. Like it's a non-negotiable. Um, he used to, my dad would always say, if you want to flip hamburgers, you know, don't study. But if you want to make some money and not work at a fast food place, no offense to anybody who works at a fast food place. Um, but he's more speaking to like the hardships of what that's like. He was like, if you don't want to do that, study go to college. And I think that was just really instilled in us as as kids, as a family growing up. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, I'm sure your parents are so extremely proud of you guys as kids of all of your accolades, because I know I've heard um, a little bit about all of your siblings and just I know what you've accomplished and especially what your twin brother has accomplished as well. And that is just a really cool aspect, which I think that um, is another thing that we can even talk on, on what it means to be first generation. I mean, from your dad not graduating or not finishing sixth grade to you and your twin brother just you two alone, because it's probably the two that I know the most about, of having further degrees past college and being in such a, both of you in such cool fields and such demanding fields. And for you doing cancer research, which I guess we should take a little step and talk about what Maggie even does now, where she is, of course, a part of physique development. She is a registered dietitian, which if you do not know what it takes to become a registered dietitian, it takes a freaking lot. It's not just some <laughs> certification online. There are thousands of hours you have to complete of free work um, yes. as an intern. And there's plenty of clinical studies that you have to do. There's a lot. I could, I'm sure she she could correct me lot. here, but there's a lot. I know that much. Um, and then also for um, Maggie, she is a mom and she's has a 
kiddo named Sloan, which is super duper cute. And then she's pregnant right now. Um, and so she is a registered dietitian for physique development. Then she's also working in cancer research, which I mean, we all know cancer is pretty um, in-depth and pretty complicated. And she's working in that, if that tells you anything about her intelligence. And then she is also um, teaching at the University of Louisville. So, and there's multiple other things I'm sure I'm missing. So she has a lot of accolades. We're very thankful to have her on staff here at Physique Development. But to see that drive in you, and I know it's something that I've talked to you multiple times. If you're like, I just want to be better, or I feel better in this role because I want to accomplish this. And I love that you have those definitives and you have that drive because it's something that I, of course, have drive as well, but I haven't experienced it in the fact of being first generation and carrying that weight on your shoulders. So uh, I love that you mentioned that because I think that people that haven't come from that situation don't know what it's like to be that first person graduating college, getting their master's and moving on and moving forward. And that is something that is just huge, point blank. I don't have other words to describe it. It's huge. And to carry that on you um, while still accomplishing the other things that you did is very, very cool. You just made me sound very cool. Well, you are very <laughs> and, cool. And I really appreciate that. Um, and and yes, I will say my parents are very proud of me and my and my siblings. And I've done various TV segments as a dietitian. Um, and my mom, I kid you not, still to this day cries every single time. I love that. <laughs> it doesn't matter like how small of a segment. It could be about coffee and my mom will cry. So they are very proud. Um, and we actually just moved, as you know, um, to southern Indiana to be for four minutes away now from my parents. So yeah, we were very, very happy. That's awesome. Well, then let's go ahead and talk about you had that great experience through high school of having a supportive family, which was huge, having a supportive brother, and then being in a place where you went off to college, um, which was a huge goal for your whole family to be stepping into that. And then how did fitness transform once you got into college? Because was your brother, your twin brother, the same college as you? How did that dynamic change as you were changing into a new role in your guys's um, degrees were in different aspects. I was trying to think of the right word. <laughs> so my twin brother and I both went to the University of Louisville. And I will say my studiousness um, really didn't begin until grad school. Um, and there, I think the reason why is because at the University of Louisville, I studied public health and public health is a fairly easy degree. Like it's not science heavy. It's not math heavy whatsoever. Um, I knew early on I wanted to be a dietitian shortly after my mom had a heart attack. Um, and that's like a whole other story, but that was how I knew I wanted to become a dietitian, but U of L did not have a dietetics program. So I just found the degree that was as close as possible. That would be like the good prereqs to set me up for my master's in nutrition later. And so with that, I was never stressed in, in college. I had a lot of fun in college. Um, whereas my twin brother did not. <laughs> <laughs> I can assume. <laughs> I was like, I was definitely the fun one. And uh, my twin brother was not in, in, in the most complimentary way. He just took studying very seriously. Mm -hmm. And he would always say to me, like, Maggie, why are you never stressed out? And I was like, I just just not. <laughs> just not. <laughs> I don't have a reason to be. Um, and I think that's why in undergrad, I was able to lift and work out as much as I did because my studies weren't that hard. Um, I didn't have to devote that much time to them. And it was a very laid back degree that I had. Um, whereas Majid, he was in pre-med, you know, so his, his trajectory was very different. He actually started lifting less Whereas my love for fitness and exercise grew during my undergrad experience. So um, it wasn't until grad school that I really had to hit the books, really focus and get more serious. And that's probably where more of my dr like drive came in because studying nutrition was far more of a passion than mine than general public health. Um, but I do like the trajectory because during those four years of my undergrad is when I was able to like fall in love with fitness. Yeah. I love that. And within falling in love with fitness, um, UofL is pretty close to where you grew up, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were able to still be around in your hometown. And that's when you said that a uh, gym opened up there. Was there not a gym in your hometown growing up? 
Yes. So there was nothing there. I live in a small town and there was, you always had to drive quite a ways to get to a decent fitness center. And that's why my parents ended up buying us a weight training set. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I, I eventually started using the U of L gym, which was nice, but once they built a gym, anytime fitness in my hometown, it was so nice to just have something close Um, And that's when I realized, oh, my God, I love the environment of a gym versus just working out at home. The energy of a gym was fantastic. Anytime Fitness and Floyd Knobs, shout out to Anytime Fitness. (laughs) I don't go there now because they don't have childcare, and I wish they did. Um, But they were a family. They just there was older people, younger people, so many high school students. It was just very welcoming. There was I never felt like I was being judged. I never felt intimidated. Um, I just felt embraced. And I, I just had the best experience going there. Yeah. And I love that because I think going to a gym, especially with you growing up in a smaller town and then that being that first gym, it was already people that you knew for the most part as far as just being able to see more familiar faces and it being such a welcoming environment um, and it truly feeling like a family. So I think that also contributed of, hey, the gym is a space, safe space and associated that in your brain of this is a place I can have fun. This is a place I can better myself. And this is a safe place that I can go to. Um, And I believe that you mentioned to me verbiage-wise that it felt like an escape for you. It did. It did because I guess one thing to mention is I wasn't encouraged to play sports in high school. Um, Again, that's a very cultural thing. My parents, not growing up in America, they really didn't have sports knowledge or especially a girl playing. And so it wasn't until college, that's when I really realized how good I am at certain things like running and lifting and whatnot. And so it was more so it was like a new thing for me. It was like new and exciting. And it wasn't um, studying. It wasn't I had recently broken up with somebody and I was like, well, God, I had a lot of free time now. So I just like I started running a ton. I started working out a ton because I just had this newfound like discovery of something that's completely unrelated to what I normally do. Um, and without getting too personal with family stuff, it was definitely an escape that I needed just like without getting too deep into family stuff. Yeah. Understandable for sure. And within running, what got you started in running to, oh, was it just something where you're like, Hey, I kind of want to do this and did it. Or was there something else? I want to say I took a healthy lifestyles class at UofL and we were required to run on the treadmill for something. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. <laughs> just something so casual. It's it's all like, I guess a big part of my experience, which I'm just now realizing talking to you is, is for my teachers because I didn't play sports, right? So I'm so fortunate to have had that weight training teacher in high school, that random homework assignment from healthy lifestyles in college to help me realize, oh my God, I can run. Who knew? Yeah. Um, because I don't... I don't know if I would have necessarily tried. I would have probably been too intimidated, like, oh, I can't, I can't run that many miles. And then lo and behold, I actually can. And then, and I can enjoy it at the same time. Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask. So you were good at it, which of course we all like doing things we're good at. <laughs> but was it something that you felt like, oh, when I run, I'm just able to zone out or I'm just able to have some time for myself? It started off with that general treadmill assignment, and that's when I realized my capability. And then um, I remember my sister ran a lot. And I never cared to try. I just saw that she did it. But one day, again, shortly after a breakup, I was like, I'm just, I was bored. I think I just went for a run. And I realized that kind of felt good. You know, if if anybody's listening that loves to run, like that runner's high is very real. I eventually, I think I started off running with no music. And then I eventually started making playlists way back in the day when iPods were a thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you had to like literally <laughs> illegally download the music, <laughs> yes. first of all. And then you had to, because paying through Apple was like an arm and a leg. And if your parents saw that, they would be like, what are you doing? Paying um, through Apple or you had to burn your CDs. Like Yes. And you would technology. make the playlist on Apple and then burn the CD and decorate yeah. the CD. 100%. The iPod didn't have the face in it. So you had to just like, be like, all right, this is my playlist. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I started listening to music when I ran. And that was when I really realized how much of an escape it was because I could 1000% get lost in the music and just enjoy. I love alone time. I think that's a big part of it. Um, Like I'm an extroverted introvert. So it was just like an excessive amount of alone time with just me and music. And it felt good. Again, nothing to do with aesthetics. I wasn't trying to lose weight. It just felt good. And I will 
who wouldn't want to do something that feels good, you know? Yeah. And I I absolutely love that you brought that up because I think that so many people do start in fitness because they want to change how they look. And I think that with that, that's the general consensus. That's what a lot of people focus on, that when it comes to this other side of starting fitness because you just felt good is so often overlooked. And I think it's so important because you also talked about when I first did that assignment, I saw my capability. And for myself, when I first got in the gym, I was like, oh, I'm capable. And then that translated into me feeling capable in so many other aspects of my life, not just lifting. And I'm sure it did the same for you within running. And it's also really cool of you being able to learn about yourself and say, hey, I know I like alone time. So for myself, I'm definitely an introvert in the fact that I get charged up by alone time, but I'm an outgoing introvert. So I'm fine. I love talking with people. I love connecting with people, but I do need that alone time. And the gym has always always been that space for me. Of course, I've shared it with other people and it's great that I get to share it with my husband now, but it's also something where it was just that time to zone in and focus on yourself and you were able to recognize this makes me feel good. I'm going to keep doing it. And I think that's a gap that people don't ever think about. They just think about fitness as a means to lose weight or a means to look better instead of this makes me feel better. Because that's why I do it and will continue to do it the rest of my life as I feel better. Yeah. It was having that realization of I'm capable. It was definitely a confidence boost to realize that you're able to do something, right? And something else that happened during my college career about the same time as my breakup, I remember um, one of my classes, it may have been sports psychology or something like that. We were able to go see a guy who I kid you not ran a full marathon, 26 miles, every single day for a month because he was doing it as a means of raising money for the military or the army oh or, or something Jesus. of that nature. <laughs> I cannot and imagine. I write, but he was such a great guy. He was, he was so influential. And I think that was like, it must've been the same time period. Cause I remember thinking, God, if he can run 26 miles, literally every single day, I can attempt to run three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that just kind of like lit a fire. Cause it was so cool to see somebody. So he was so passionate about it. And so that just was just another thing that happened around the same time period. Yeah, I think in life, we're all looking for a passion or for a purpose. And once you feel that little kindling, it's like, let's let's make this roar, like, let's go, because it is just so exciting. And to feel that and to be in tune, I just absolutely love it. So um, when you got into the gym, you were training by yourself and running. Were there anything that you were getting into as far as any classes that you were trying out? And what did that look like? So... I took Turbo Kick. I think the reason why I started taking Turbo Kick, I signed up for a mini marathon. And I remember with my extremely minimal knowledge of exercise and training at the time, I just thought I'm going to take every class possible. I'm going to do everything possible that I can. So when it's time for my race, my endurance is built up and I'm not extremely fatigued. I'm ready to run this 13 miles. Hey, look, it is an Ollie family thing. (laughs) (laughs) If if I'm going to do this marathon, I'm going to learn everything so I can be the best. Yes, you're very right. And so that was, I remember I just randomly, I saw people would do turbo kick um, at the gym, but I never, I never did it. But I remember the music sounded good because I love anything that's like hip hop or pop. And I was like, I can get on board with that. So I gave it a try and it ended up being so fun. And it was a class, it's a style of workout I would never do on my own because it's really intense cardio. It's a lot of jumping around, it's punching and it's, it's choreography. Like I would never do that by myself. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. And, and it was just an hour a day twice a week. And again, it was a community aspect. A bunch of the same people took the class all the time. So it got to be to a point where um, if you didn't show up, other people were like, where are you at? Where were you at on Tuesday? Like, what's going on? And so it was like friendship building. And then something else I will mention, my now father-in-law taught the class, that is so which fun. I find hysterical. Because <laughs> um, at the time I thought he was so intimidating. Like he came into the gym Every single day. He still does. He's so fit. And like, it's so funny because people talk about how attractive Sloan's grandpa is. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, But that's what, you know, a healthy lifestyle will do to you. But he would come in because he worked for corporate at Walgreens. He would come into the gym every day 
wearing really nice clothes. He looks so serious and he is attractive and he's tall, nice hair. I'm like, who is this really serious looking guy? Um, and he and didn't does teach- he have a son? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he didn't teach turbo kick initially when I took it. He was always like up front. And then eventually the instructor, for whatever reason, couldn't teach it anymore. So he was like, well, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to, he, he literally got certified. He was like, I guess I'll teach it. Yeah. And that's when I realized, I'm like, his personality is really goofy. Like he looks intimidating, but he's the silliest person I've ever met. Um, and so th- I didn't know at the time that he is my now husband's dad. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. And then um, my, I would also take like um, 5 a.m. cycling classes and Pilates classes. And I remember thinking, who is this little blonde girl kicking my butt? And it was now my mother-in-law. <laughs> and so um, it's so funny how it all works out because I had no idea. They, they were just like, part of my gym family, you know? That is so fun. Yeah. And for you to be so attracted to their personality, their work ethic, how they showed up, and then for that to circle into being the person that you ended up marrying and like connecting so much. I I mean, within you and Zach, you've talked to me before of connecting so much from the same headspace and the same mentality towards fitness and drive for life, which is something that I do want to get into here in a little bit when we talk about support. Um, But I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of how you and Zach finally ended up connecting and what that looked like, especially with the gym family as a whole. So Zach was a personal trainer at Anytime Fitness And he was definitely like the cute trainer. And um, I just remember I knew Zach because we went to college together. We had classes together. He studied exercise science. I was doing public health. So a lot of our classes um, were together. We went on spring break vacations together um, because we had the same like group of friends. And so I remember seeing all these girls like looking at him. They would only take his classes just because Zach taught them. And I remember thinking, these girls, they don't know anything. They're like, who are they? (laughs) But then I remember um, we went on one of our spring break vacations and I saw Zach dancing. I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is the man. (laughs) This is the one. These girls aren't silly. I'm silly. (laughs) His dance moves are very good. Um, But that's when I realized all of a sudden – I would see him at the gym and I was like shy. I became like the shy girl. Like I, I didn't know what to say around Zach anymore. Like all of a sudden I was, I noticed him, you know, he went from being my friend to like, oh wait, he's actually really cool. Like he's actually really cute too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I remember I signed up for a free personal training session because I was new to the gym. Zach, I kid you not, brand new trainer. He didn't know. He admittedly, he was like, I did so many bad things as a trainer. <laughs> didn't like, we all when we first started? <laughs> starting out. I almost threw up. Um, I remember I felt like I was going to die. And he's just like laughing at me. He's like, what's wrong, Maggie? Are you going to make it? And I just, in that moment, I think I hated him. <laughs> but still, I, I, a big motivation for me to go to the gym wasn't just because I enjoyed it. At that point, I was like, I need to see Zach. Like, mm-hmm. I need Zach to see me. Because I knew I was like, I'm going to date this guy. Yeah. You said, I'm going to have his babies and look at you now. It's that manifestation. Honestly, Miguel, he's standing in the room, but Miguel laughs because he says Alex and I, or Alex specifically, is the king of manifestation, where Alex, the first time we met, he said like when we shook hands that he knew something was different. And he's like, I am going to, like this girl is different. I'm going to do something. And he was so persistent and just like, made basically not made me fall in love, but he did in a sense of being so persistent and just being there in front of my face. And then we had wanted Miguel full time. um, And Alex had been manifesting it for over a year and it came to fruition. So we're all about that of just put your eye on the prize and get after that. I love it. I will (laughs) say I was very persistent with Zach. Um, Again, different story, but different time. But Yes. If you, when I want something, girl, I'm going to get it. And I wanted him really bad. 
<laughs> yes, it worked out for the best. So yeah. uh, then that was all through college. So then you get into grad school and you already mentioned as far as that's when you really had to be studious and kick it up a notch. So what did it look like as you transitioned into, oh, shit, this is what I'm doing for life and I really need to pay attention and how that impacted your fitness? The oh, shit moment is very real <laughs> because I came from high school. I had to study because the classes I took were tough. Not that bad undergrad, super easy. My main focus in life during undergrad was having a good time, spring break and working out. Mm -hmm. Grad school came and I was like, oh, oh wait, this is really hard. I was in advanced nutrition, which is very much biochemistry, just with a nutrition focus. And I remember studying my first exam, I think I got a D and I had never made grades like that before, but that's when I like realized, oh my God, I actually have to study. I'd never really needed to before. And so also I will mention I'm one of six children. My parents didn't pay my tuition. They physically could not. And so I remember having this thought, like I'm paying for this. Like if I don't pass, if I don't do well, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be in so much debt and I'm going to be jobless. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of pressure, um, on myself because that, that D I got was just really, really eye opening. So, um, I buckled down. I studied a lot. And, but at this point, training was still very much a priority for me because it was, again, my escape. It was what I enjoyed. Um, I don't know. Can you consider it a hobby? Maybe it was my hobby. Um, It was, it was what I did for fun. And so I, um, I signed up for my first membership in Bloomington, Indiana, because I went to IU and I purposely did not go to the campus gym because it wasn't conveniently located, which is huge for me. Yes. And I remember the gym just didn't give me the vibe that I liked. Mm-hmm. The energy of people is really important for me. And um, I remember it was just like a bunch of young girls that didn't seem like they were taking it seriously and a whole bunch of like meatheads. Yeah. Lack of a better word. That was again, the word that was coming to my mind. So. <laughs> Um, but again, I don't know if they were taking it seriously or if they were all just there to like mingle and date. And at that time I had already had a boyfriend. I wasn't there to mingle. I didn't care to socialize. I just wanted to do my thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's where getting a membership at Cardinal Fitness in Bloomington came to be. And that was going to be, it was more so a community gym of Bloomington. Like a lot of college kids went there, but it was still like local. Mm -hmm. Um, so Zach actually started making training when I was in grad school, because I didn't have the time to care about mm-hmm. it. Uh, because that's because I was really, really focused on studying. So when I was an undergrad, I think I, um, I utilized magazines, right? I did muscle and fitness, hers oxygen magazine. I had a, a muscle and fitness, hers book that I, I would do the same workouts over and over again. Like it was a program. It was like a two month program. And I just did it religiously. Um, but I, you eventually get bored of that. Yes. So that's when I was like, Zach, do you mind making my training? And I think he, I think he appreciated it because we were in a distance relationship at the time. So it was like a way for us to just still continue to have that thing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I go to this gym and it's not my gym. It's not anytime fitness. I don't know these people. I was a brand new by myself in a new city also, which was really scary for me. So, um, I remember going in and being extremely intimidated and I, like many girls only used the treadmill for the longest time because I was so intimidated to go into the weight training area, which was like the man area, because now I feel like it's so common for girls to lift and work out because I think a lot of people like you, Sue have made it cool. You've made Mm -hmm. it like a thing that we're allowed to do. Right. Whereas when I was in college, gosh, it was like. 2011, 2012. Um, I don't even know if Instagram existed then, Yeah, to be honest. So it may have just been brand new. Um, and so it, I remember being like the only girl in the lifting area for the longest time. And I remember Zach telling me, Maggie, you pay a membership just as much as any of those guys stop being scared. Like you can go work out there as much as they can. And it was like, it was exactly what I needed to hear. Because if you didn't know Zach, I suppose you could probably look at him and think maybe he is a meathead because he is muscular and he is fit. 
Um, but he's also the sweetest human on the planet. Um, but to hear like a fit guy say that this small girl, you're entitled to be there. You can be there. You have a right to be there. It was exactly what I needed. And then from that moment on, I just remember not caring. I'm like, I'm going to do my thing. And I thrived. I loved it. It was the escape again that I needed when I was in grad school. Hey guys, if you're listening to this and learning a lot, I absolutely love to hear it, but maybe you feel like you can't apply it perfectly. No worries. We got an app for that. Go ahead and check the show notes or the description box, and there will be a link to go and check out the Physique Development Training Club. This is an app that is going to give you exactly what you need to progress within training with three, four, and five-day splits, as well as home and gym options, complete with a timer in there, videos to the training, and everything else you need to be successful. So can't wait to hear how much you love it. Yeah, I I love that so much. And I'm (laughs) just going to repeat it because if you pay a gym membership and you pay to be there, you 100% deserve to be there and to take up space. No one, even if they've been training for 20 years, they've been going to the same gym and they're the most impressive athlete in the world, you still deserve to be there the same amount that they do because you guys are paying a membership. And everyone at the gym is there to get better. And there are some people who aren't of course, and they want to just make fun of people and put them down. But the grand majority are just people who want to be better. And so within that of taking that to heart, and I know I've struggled with gym intimidation before and recognizing like, hey, am I going to let this person I don't even freaking know, like establish what the trajectory of my life or my physique or anything that I do. And it seemed so silly when I broke it down that way of I'm going to let this person I literally don't know, I just see at the gym determine what capabilities I have. And that's when it broke for me. Because like you said, um, when I went to college, Instagram was um, getting bigger. But I definitely was still one of the only women in the weight room. And how my college was is it was two level. And I know a lot of colleges are like this. So it's even it's hard is that the first level was all of the lifting stuff or most of the lifting stuff. And the second level, it was open air down and it had a circle around with all of the treadmills. So all the girls would go up to the treadmills and then they would just look at the guys lifting. And so if you were a girl and you went down to lift, it was so scary because now all these girls you feel like are looking, judging you possibly, and then you're the only person down there. You don't want to be judged by these other people. And it's it's difficult to kind of break that of I'm not going to be on that treadmill or I mean, not that a treadmill is negative. I spent plenty of time on a treadmill, but just in the fact of like knowing that you deserve and you are allowed to use every part of the gym that you do pay for. Um, So it is very intimidating. But once you have that moment of, hey, I deserve to be here because I pay a price and I'm not going to let this person I don't know determine what quality I can have in the space that I pay for. That's when sky's limit. And like you said, it became your escape again and you loved it and you were able to get back in line with that. Um, But I do want to kind of circle back to you talking about how you had to study and um, fitness, even though Zach was writing because you didn't have as much time writing your programs. Were you able to spend as much time, even though it was a priority for you on fitness during those times in grad school? I I always made it a priority. I think the only time I physically did not make it a priority is when I took my hardest class, which was like the med school version of biochemistry. And it was no longer advanced nutrition. It was hundred percent biochemistry. It was the hardest class I've ever taken to date. And I think I got a B minus in it. And it was like the most hard earned B minus I have ever gotten. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the only semester I didn't go to the gym regularly. And I think outside of that, I was able to I always had it in my head. If I, if I'm going to watch TV, if I'm going to read, I might as well at least be walking so I can be moving and not be sedentary. Um, I don't know why I had that in my head, but I did. And so a lot of my professors recorded their lectures on a podcast. And that was so helpful for me because I like hearing information, but I also like seeing information. So I would print out their PowerPoint lectures 
and I would listen to their podcast. I downloaded it on my iPod <laughs> and um, I would walk, I would look at the lectures while I listened to it and I would walk on the treadmill, just like nice and slow. I wasn't running or anything like that, but I would, I studied for every single class except biochemistry mm-hmm. on the treadmill. Because again, I just had it in my head. I was like, why would I want to be sitting in a chair for X amount of hours every single day when I could at least be walking? Yeah. So that was a big part of my grad school experience. I spent a lot of time at Cardinal Gym. <laughs> <laughs> on the treadmill, learning things. Um, yes. But I mean, that I think that's awesome because I'm in the same headspace. Even to this day, if I'm going to be making a post on Instagram or typing a caption or doing something on my phone or reading, I'm like, I'd rather be walking than just sitting here. And I always have loved having cardio equipment at home because of that, of I just want to get up and get some movement. And even if it's five, 10 minutes, it's really great for me because I also know how much that impacts my mental health of just being able to move. It also helps my digestion. And then it actually does help your learning as a whole, being able to move. There's been um, some different research done, and a lot of times physiologists or psychologists, sorry, um, have thought of attention as a limited resource, and you've often probably heard that you shouldn't multitask. And while you can't necessarily like truly multitask and be like 100% on both aspects. Like Maggie said, of I was just walking at a slow pace and going and moving my body. And that's what I do. When I read, I'm not like trucking it. I'm just like walking and paying attention. But some of the research shows that um, the performance can deteriorate under those dual tasks versus the single tasks. But it is something within just doing something simple like walking that that can really help you lock in that information. So I actually did a lot of of studying and learning on the treadmill as well in college. Um, And it was something that I just had made the determination like yourself of this is something I care about and I want to make it a priority while still making these other things a priority. So I think it's important to talk that it doesn't have to look the same exact way in these different parts of your life. If you are in a time that you have time as your limited resource and maybe you can't get a full lift in and do cardio and study or do whatever else you need to do, think about what can I do that's just going to move that needle a little bit and make me feel better? And for Maggie and I, that was, hey, let's just walk on the treadmill for a little bit as I study. And that's not going to be the exact same as if I was just doing the treadmill or just doing lifting, but it was something. And something is always better than nothing. Um, And especially if it's something that matters to you. I will say, um, I, I think a big reason, again, aesthetics wasn't it for me. Uh, My mom had had a heart attack when I was 18 or 19 years old. So I've always had it in my head, heart health. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking sedentary is not good for your heart. Walking is. And I think that was kind of like my mindset of I should at least walk if I'm going to do whatever it is. So that was a big part of it as well. Um, Another thing I do want to mention, I just sitting here chatting with you made me realize it. Um, you know, Autumn Cleveland, right? Mm -hmm. Autumn Cleveland and I and Zach all went to college together. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. She's a fantastic human. She is. And, um, she actually, I think Zach met her first. They had classes together and, um, for a hot second, I dated a bodybuilder (laughs) before Zach. (laughs) For just one hot second. (laughs) (laughs) A hot second. And I went to this Kentucky muscle show Mm -hmm. and Autumn was doing one of her I mean, she was so young at the time, one of her very first shows. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I know Autumn. Like, that's so cool. I remember seeing her on campus, like, holding these gallon jugs of water and and doing what she does, right? And um, that was my first taste of, like, the aesthetics of what you can do with lifting. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was cool. So I started following Autumn on Facebook. So the reason why I bring her up, and this is something I actually told her recently, I started following her because she was one of the first people. um, And I don't know if you know this, but she was one of the first people to start sharing her journey. uh, Mm -hmm. Because it was when I was in grad school, I actually met with her, gosh, years ago. And I just talked to her about like, sports nutrition. And like, I just kind of wanted to pick her brain. And she was so kind and like, allowed me to do that. Because I was young, I hadn't started nutrition like science yet. And so when I was in grad school, that was a journey she started. I want to say she coached herself for mm-hmm. the first time. Like I she like that's her, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it was the first time she coached herself and she did her own diet. I want to say she did the ketogenic diet. And the reason why I know like to the details, because she posted every single thing. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the first people that I found that did it publicly. And I was so fascinated by it because again, I've always had like a huge interest in fitness and nutrition. So I loved that she was in an open book about it. And, um, so, I just loved her as a human so much. So did Zach. I remember for that show, we actually drove to Cincinnati to see her. I can't remember the name of the show, but we just were such huge fans of her because we were friends with her. Yeah. Um, we just wanted to go support her. And I remember, I think if it wasn't her first, it may have been one of the first shows that she actually won. And I was just so excited for her. Um, and that's why I still follow her now. When I see her at the gym, when I used to go to the gym in Louisville, mm-hmm. I, I would always say, I'm like your biggest fan. And she, she's so sweet. She's she such a sweet sweetest. Person. We actually send a lot of our wellness and figure athletes to her for posing because she is just so good at what she does. Yeah. And that's another thing. She just, um, she opened my eyes to starting your own business. Mm-hmm. She's, I can't remember what her business was called, but, um, it's, it, it doesn't exist anymore, but, um, that was just, I want to just mention it because that was a big part of it. Because again, she was one of the only females I knew where lifting was like something she was passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, and that was huge for me to see, um, that you can still be this beautiful girl because she was also a model. Like she did yeah. legitimate modeling, but she had this huge fitness side and I loved seeing that. Yes. So Shout she out is to Autumn. So jacked. I don't, and you know what? I don't even know she realizes like how much of an influence she was on me. Yeah. Oftentimes people don't even know in those situations, but it's so cool because it also allows you to make sure that you are being kind to people and that you are helping people because you never know what part of your journey you're going they're going to play and being able to make you the person that you are that day. So I I think of that often of like, hey what if this is like a defining moment for this person and I get to be a part of their small story um, in this? So I think that is so cool. And it's I love also that you mentioned the Kentucky muscle because it seems like PD has like deep roots within Kentucky muscle. So little backstory with that being your first bodybuilding show that you went to, that's one thing. It was Alex's, one of the first shows he ever competed in. It was the first show I ever competed in. And Alex was at that show, but I didn't know him. And it was when um, Austin was a pro, he competed in that show as well. So, um, and Katie Clementi has competed in one of the Kentucky shows. I don't remember his Derby or Muscle. Um, and um, it's just funny because that is like such a meaningful show to me, not like currently. Um, it's not something that I'm like, this is the best show ever, but it has such like history that I, it just really makes me happy of the history that it brings. It but. really does. I mean, I cannot believe we all have some sort of tie to it. Because I've gone to multiple Kentucky Muscle shows, yeah. and majority of the reason has just simply been Autumn and supporting Autumn. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, a lot of the rest of kind of catching you up on her fitness journey from getting from grad school to now, actually, we covered in the first podcast of talking about her becoming a mom and how that looked like for fitness in her life and what that transformed. So I would definitely recommend if you're like, man, the story is awesome because it is. If you want to learn more, I'll have that linked in the show notes. Um, but if you have any other questions for Maggie, like feel free to ask them in the Google Doc in the show notes, um, not the Google Doc, the Google Form in the show notes, so that we can possibly get back and um, get on another podcast to answer those and to fill in the gaps from there. Because I think that this is something that more needs to be told. But I also want to make sure that the podcasts are the length that everyone wants to listen to and being able to go off of that. But I do want to wrap up a few like really important things that from this journey that I think are so monumental and they were so well said as far as what this looks like for something that you guys could apply to your life. So one is looking at fitness as fun. As you could tell from this story, it wasn't aesthetic driven and it doesn't have to be. If you don't have an aesthetic goal, oftentimes people ask like, why do you go to the gym? And you can respond like for my health or for fun. And that can be your only reason. And that is completely fine. And it is something that'll carry you on for forever because it's not driven by those aesthetics and it will 
probably have you in a better body image as well to be in this place of just doing it because you love it. Do it because you love your body and you respect your body. Another thing I wanted to talk about is her mentioning things as far as convenience and time and what worked for her. Throughout this story, you know that she went to this gym because went to change gyms because it was more convenient for her. She did things that set her up to allow her to add to her life instead of taking away from it, of walking because for her heart health and how it made her think about her mom and wanting to be preventative, but also wanting to study, but also realizing how important fitness was in her life. So when it comes to the gym and it comes to time and convenience and priorities, that's all hard in a crazy life like we all live in 2022. But it is something that, like she said, of even though grad school consumed her, it was fitness in some degree was something she always made time for. And so being able to look at, hey, where can I squeeze in things or where can I pay attention to what's going to be more convenient for me? What's going to be a better use of my time and what's going to allow me to be successful within this? And even if you do take that mindset of, oh, this person can run a marathon a day, I can at least run three miles in a day. These are really important takeaways to see what it helps to build that fitness journey. And then the last big point I want to make here, even though there's probably a few more I can go into, is the support that she had. So I think that it's really, really important to mention this. And I know that I've mentioned the Tom Brady documentary before, Man in the Arena, but it truly was something that opened my eyes to what it looks like to like evolve around, evolve in life and all of the people that are a part of your evolution. And Tom Brady has said multiple times, like, I wouldn't be this way if I didn't have the great coaches that I had, if I didn't have the opportunities that I had, if I didn't have the resources and the love and the support that I had. And it's very easy to get caught up in everything else going on, but just to look at this and take away of, hey, I want to support people in their passion. So we do have a whole podcast on how to deal with people that aren't supportive of your fitness journey, which we'll have that in the show notes as well. But when it comes to anyone in your life that you love, or even if you don't love them, just be a decent person, support their passions, support their journey, support what they are excited about, uh, because it is something that that is going to be a part of their story and them being able to get better is your support. Because I know the support that I've had from my family, from Alex, from other people, um, from our whole staff has allowed me to become better. And so support is always going to be something that allows someone to become better. And maybe it's you for giving the support. Maybe it's someone else from receiving that support or from someone seeing you give that support even when it was hard. Um, and I did think of one last thing of that community aspect of if you know that you are driven by community, finding a realm of fitness that that is going to fulfill that. So going to the gym lifting alone might not fulfill that. And you might be in this place of being like, I don't like lifting because your only experience is going to the gym alone and you want community. Do group fitness classes. Those aren't bad to do at all. I think that those have gotten kind of a bad mark on them, whether it's Orange Theory, F45, or whatever the classes look like, but you need to do what's best for you. And if that's community, then do that. I have a client that she was um, going to the gym alone and we were talking through her training and she was like, I'm having a really hard time getting to the gym, but I love going to the gym. We switched her over to fitness classes instead and she's thrived because we needed to do what worked for her. And so this was really great to hear your side of the story or just to hear your story in general, but I'd love to just kind of open the floor if there's anything that you want to say as you as we finish this off um, and then I'll have you say where people can find you on social media and everything. I will say, first of all, that was a wonderful wrap up. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but I will say I a big part of my story is before I was a mom to after becoming a mom, health and fitness has maintained like a non-negotiable priority for me. So currently I'm 37 weeks pregnant. So um, exercise during this pregnancy has physically been very difficult for me. And that has actually been very mentally challenging for me because exercise is what I love, right? It's my, I've said it multiple times at this point, it is my escape. Um, and not being able to get those endorphins that I enjoy is, was hard, but I've had a lot of ailments. I'll just keep it at that. 
Um, so, but outside of pregnancy and various life circumstances, I have always prioritized it because I know what makes me feel good. I know what I want to do to be a better human, a better, you know, mom, employee, person. And so whoever is listening to this, find your thing. Like it doesn't have to be lifting or running. You don't have to be the best of the best. If something makes you feel good, I would just say do it um, and make time for it. Kind of like we've basically said throughout this entire conversation, I have figured out ways to make time for it. Sue, I couldn't agree with you more about having cardio equipment in your home. Once I got to a place where I could afford that, you know, mm-hmm. I bought the cheapest treadmill possible. Yeah. And then now I finally have a Peloton tread, which I'm obsessed with. Oh yeah, um, those but, are you nice. but you don't have to have the fanciest of anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just, my, my big thing here is figure out what you enjoy, prioritize it. And, um, I, I always say, because my mom and dad both have heart disease and various ailments, um, paying for gym memberships, coaching, nutrition, whatever it is that you do today is far cheaper, um, and far more enjoyable than paying for your illness later. Mm -hmm. And I feel that deep in my soul because my mom and dad pay for their illnesses, Um, whether it's a knee replacement, diabetes medication, all the things. so Or just how they feel on a daily basis. That's a payment of dealing those ailments. So my take of just simply being a part of physique development even um, is so much more than just physique. It's really like longevity of your life. It's Mm -hmm. how you feel. It's your joints. So that all of that is so worth the investment today um, for so many reasons. Like Take care of yourself today so you don't have to take care of your illness later. Yeah. If you do not focus on your wellness, you will be forced to focus on your illness. Absolutely. Point blank. And I I love that you brought that up to wrap it up because it is something that while the team's name is physique development, I think that there are a few different parts. There's the physique word and then physique development together, but there's also development by itself. And that's something we're extremely focused on is self-development, mental development, life development. A big thing I'm working with my clients right now is just having them tune more into themselves so that they can get a little bit better and keep developing because fitness is going to be the vehicle that helped me become the person I am today. And that vehicle might be very different for you, or it might be a completely different type of fitness than what I do, but it's still that vehicle. And you need to find the one that lets you ride into the sunset and feel the best that you can to have the quality of life that you want to have. Um, So I, I absolutely love that. So where can they find you on social media? Um, my Instagram is working mom nutrition and, um, and they can also find me at physique development. So either one of those is where you can find me. Perfect. Well, we'll have that all in the show notes as well as that link to the Google form. So if you have any other questions um, for Maggie, ask them because we'll have her back on. We'll go through them um, and be able to get you guys some more information because each person on staff here at Physique Development plays a certain role. And it is something that I'm so overwhelmingly thankful for of having different backgrounds, having different thought processes, and being able to have a team to truly move things forward. If you listen to podcasts, podcast um, that came out on April 18th with Alex and I talking about my prep. I talk a lot about how him and I are a team and I take that team mentality towards PD and making sure that we can all get better and all move forward. And Maggie is definitely a part of that, of making sure that the coaches can become better coaches by using her expertise and her accolades to further that along and continue to help people along the way. So our tagline is train, educate, and empower. And that's what we will continue to do. Um, and we'll continue to develop people, their physiques and their minds. And I'm just, thank you for your time today, Maggie. And thank you for telling your story because I think it was very helpful to be told and for other people to hear. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for tuning in guys. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you'll find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.